This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Four minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. Welcome to it. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. My name is Nikki Seberini on 101.9 High FM. And as I always say, delighted and privileged to be with you for the next hour. So what a roller coaster ride. I mean, we really have been on a hell of a roller coaster ride over the last, wow, 10 years or so. Living in South Africa is certainly not boring. Every day brings highs and lows. And we just we just seem to be heading, you know, in a right direction. And for the first time in a very long time, I started to feel something. It started off in, t- in my stomach area and it's slowly expanding into my chest. And I, I think it's hope. I think. I've got a feeling. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. And I was actually thinking about it this morning, you know, how... We we want the good things to happen. We want the sun to rise tomorrow. We want everything to be okay. It's just naturally who we are as human beings, and it's part of our survival. And uh, sometimes we can lose our way, and sometimes we focus on the things that are dark, the things that are negative, and the things that are tough. But ultimately, as soon as there's a tiny, tiny little light, that's what we like to focus on. And that's really what we focus on here on the DL Link Show, because even though we talk about a subject matter that is tough to talk about, this is tough, you know, cancer is something that we don't really want to face. We want to avoid it at all costs. But cancer afflicts many, many, many of us. And it's not just the warriors who are walking around and fighting the cancer. It's the family members. It's the friends. It's the support systems. And so we hope that we do bring you the light every single week when we broadcast this show to you. Um, I always say I'd love to hear from you. You know, if you'd like to interact um, during the show, please feel free to SMS us on 34519. That's 34519. Or you can contact us on 0101403020. So I've been mentioning this for the last few weeks. We know that Israel is turning 70 years old. I mean, that is a huge shining light. I mean, just think about that. I mean, 70 years young, this incredible country, only 70 years old. And to celebrate, you know, the DL Link is going to be sending a team off, Team DL Link, to Jerusalem for the Jerusalem Marathon, which is taking place on the 9th of March. So they are very, very busy gathering a team, trying to send 70 runners. And you know what an extraordinary event it is. Um, These runners run in the names of cancer warriors and who every single day are running their own marathon, whether it's through chemotherapy, any kind of treatment, recovering after an operation, they have to run a marathon every day so that these runners are there doing it in their name in Jerusalem. It's just incredible. So if when we talk about hope, that's what it is. It's, you know, it's like passing the baton from one person to the next to the next, and it's carrying hope and it's keeping hope alive. Now, our um, guest, our start-off guest was a warrior who came onto the show a few months ago. And, you know, we've been, well, I certainly have been following her very closely on social media, the ups, the downs, the treatment. Um, and so I'm so delighted Brenda Stern, who spoke and shared her story about um, her journey with breast cancer, sits opposite me, fighting fit, in remission and looking amazing. Bren, welcome back onto the show. Thanks so much, Nikki. It's so good to be here. So just, you know, for those who didn't hear, just <coughs> when were you diagnosed? And let's just, just catch us up to where we are today. So um, on the 9th of January 2017, I uh, went for a mammogram after finding a lump and uh, the radiologist said looks cancerous and on the 10th of January the histology confirmed it. Um, so it's it's just been a year since my diagnosis. I uh, had two operations in January and uh, the 7th of February was my second one. So it's really all my little anniversaries are coming up. Sure. I had uh, 16 rounds of chemo and I had uh, six and a half weeks of daily radiation, which I finished on the 1st of December. And you are now? And I am now in remission. Thank you, God. Baruch Hashem. Thank God. 
just the most and this big yeah. beaming smile yeah. so you know I, I, I talk about hope and we do pass it on and we, we've got to keep hope alive all the time yeah. and it was last year in March we had the Jerusalem Marathon and someone ran, ran with your name on his on his shirt yeah what was that like knowing that there was a person who you had never met never met and and this person was representing you in this magnificent city so um it's quite hard and, and emotional to explain. Um, I had started chemotherapy, and this total stranger put my name on his shirt, Dr. Shevitz, and ran through the holy streets of Jerusalem mm. with my name on his back. And uh, it was so motivating for me. Um, he ran the marathon. He ran 42.2 kilometers. And uh, it was so motivating, and I thought, he's doing this for me. It was like wind between my Wings beneath my wings, I can do this chemotherapy. You know, um, they went to the kotel, they prayed for us, and just the most incredible thing that a total stranger would just go and do this this great effort for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's what Deal Link is all about. Yeah. It's just supporting. The Warriors. Absolutely. It's just the most incredible organization. Absolutely, Breen. And so you're yeah. continuing with it. Because here yeah. you are in your gymming gear, my dear. <laughs> As I said, looking fit and looking fantastic because you're Thank in you. training. I'm in training for the You're 10K. off to Jerusalem. Please, God. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I, I set mean, a goal. What a story. After Dr. Shevitz ran, I set a goal during chemo that, uh, please, God, I was going to run the Jerusalem 10K as a survivor. And, Baruch uh, Hashem. Now, have you been a runner? I've never run in my life. You've never run in I've your run life. I've run from my bed. Because I'm looking at you and I'm yeah. thinking, I've never run in my life. I would. Walk, I, I don't know what I would do. No, no. I run from my bed to the shower. There That's we go. That's, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your training. How serious is the training? So the training is quite serious. Um, I finished radiation on the 1st of December. And your, your body's quite tired. So yeah. I did a lot of mm. walking and um, gym work and then I realized that uh, this is quite serious. I got a personal trainer, Nao, who aka the killer, um, <laughs> and he's great. And I run uh, twice a week with the women's group on a Monday and a Wednesday. We run five kilometers from Voodoo Lily. Um, anyone who wants to come join us, please do. And uh, yeah, like I, I'm really pushing. Um, I'm, I'm really pushing. Are you going to be ready? Please, God, I'm going to be ready. Look, the Jerusalem is very hilly. Um, I can't promise I'm going to run every hill. That is for sure. But I have an amazing support team. My best friend's coming from Holland. This um, is a this is a life changing moment. You know, two just... of my friends are coming from South Africa. Oh, One of my friends from fabulous. Israel. Oh, great! Um, it's just it's a goal I set myself, and if I have to crawl over that finish line, that's oh, what you I will, will do. Oh, you will. Do yeah. you know whose name you will be running in? So I'm running in the name of my friend Tanya, mm-hmm. um, who is a brave cancer warrior at the moment, mm-hmm. facing um, ovarian cancer with huge courage and dignity <laughs> and I'm running in the name of my cousin Hannah who didn't unfortunately make it mm. lost her battle with cancer and uh, I'm going to run to honor her sure what a thing that you're doing Brins. I absolutely yeah. love it thank you you are a true true warrior so if you are listening and you inspired I mean Brenda has just recovered and she is running and if you are listening now and you would like to run you would like to be a part of this team deal link 70 people going to celebrate 70 years of uh, Israel's existence and really to look after over 700 families here in Johannesburg which is what the deal link does then why don't you give them a call on double one four eight five three two six nine um it's you know apart from the run you're going with this team this group you do extraordinary things i think so spiritually um expansive in every in every way and there are quite a few sponsors involved and also if you are running the deal link is encouraging you to look for sponsors have you got sponsors yet brian so i do have sponsors i've um, had amazing generosity from a lot of my friends, which is wonderful. And um, so please do go on to deallink.co.za, choose your runner, sponsor us. Every hundred rand counts. Um, I do want to say that one of the most amazing things about this is that last year, a lot of people in Israel went to the Kotel to pray for me. Deal Link has given me the opportunity to, to go oh, to the Kotel and say yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hashem. Yeah, fantastic. But Deal Link does the most amazing thing. Every single cent we raise 
and that you sponsor us goes towards looking after families, after children, um, after warriors, and uh, is used for helping people through this difficult journey and their families. And um, the generosity of the sponsors is hugely appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we do have some main sponsors that I'd, I'd like to just mention who've come on board and really are um, helping make this whole wonderful thing happen. And that's Oracle and Bennett's Baby Products. Um, the closing date, incidentally, is the 28th of February. 22nd? I don't yeah. know. I've, I also thought it would be right, Brian. I thought it was the 22nd, and I've got something in front of me that says the 28th. But let's say the 22nd to be safe. If you're thinking about it, stop thinking. Just do it. Give the deal link a call, 4853269, or go to the website, sign up. Be a part of something that you will remember for the rest of your life. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'm looking very, very forward to talking to the man who had your name on his shirt. So stay with us. It's 11 p.m. Carabo is working late, alone, when suddenly... Carabo. Hey, boy. When? Hmm? Shouldn't you be fixing things? And you call yourself a landlord, no hal. Need better space? Rent office, industrial, or retail space without the drama. Call Redefined Properties. We're not landlords, we're people. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Welcome back. You are listening to the DL Link Show. I have Brenda Stern. She is a breast cancer warrior. She is in remission. She is fighting fit, looking amazing. And she is getting ready to join Team DL Link at the Jerusalem Marathon happening um, on the 9th of March. So last year she talks about this extraordinary moment when a complete stranger put her name on his shirt and ran um, through the ancient city of Jerusalem um, in honor of her own marriage. That she was fighting at the time. So, Dr. Ivan Shevitz, welcome onto the show. Cardiothoracic surgeon. You are a very busy man, and yet you've made time to have a word with us and also to go and run. So, how are you, Ivan? Thanks for joining us. Very well, and thank you for the opportunity. So you, I mean, you work with lots of sick people, um, and and I, I read that you said that such a a, dif- a difference is is a state of mind, the the an outlook that a person has when they are um, going through any kind of treatment. Maybe you just want to expand on that, please. The um, mental approach in all, especially chronic diseases, is very very important. Um, I see so often people giving up, and uh, that is a very important part of medical therapy. Mm. Uh, Cancer, specifically, is always treatable, even in stage four. Even if it's only the symptoms and it's only palliation, it's always treatable. But today, many uh, cancers, for instance, breast cancer, is curable. Survivors, 30, 30 years that, that, that I've seen. So, very important not to give up. Um, with the patients, and Brenda is an example of a patient with a positive uh, attitude, um, it makes a world of difference. Mm. Uh, so very, very important is to encourage the patients to live a normal life uh, as they are treated medically. So, Dr. Shivitz, how did you um, connect with the DL Link? Uh, I'm a runner. Yes. And they approached runners in general, and specifically Jewish runners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was approached. And in my, my, I ran mm-hmm. with a number of other runners who were also involved. So when we ran last year, it was a bunch of runners that I, in fact, run with every week. And, and, and then, of course, yes. the fact that it is in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. where uh, I, I, I go every year to Jerusalem, in fact, or, or Israel, um, it just made sense to do what I was going to do anyway. So try and describe, you know, being a part of this Team DL Link, having, um, I don't know how many names you were you were running in honor of, only one. And, and for, so for Brenda, I mean, you'd never met Brenda before. Did you know anything about her? No. 
No. No. You just... No, but I, I've seen so many patients, mm. and that's part of my life. My mm. life, I'm a doctor. Mm. Uh, my, my life is healing when I can, um, and helping, uh, in fact, helping always, curing sometimes. So perhaps you can describe the feeling running through Jerusalem and knowing that it wasn't just something that you were doing, but you were doing it connecting to something so much bigger. What was that like for you? Well, running in Jerusalem is a a very special uh, occasion Mm -hmm. that I've now done twice. This will be the third time I will be running a race in Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem, a city of hills, Probably one of the most difficult marathons, but I don't remember the hills. I remember the experience of running with my son, uh, running in all directions, running through the old city, and it's just an unbelievable experience. Mm. It's it's not just a run. Mm. It's an experience of uh, appreciating the beauty and the uh, experience of what Jerusalem is all about. Right. So when you got back, did when did you get to meet Brenda? When did I? Get to meet Brenda. Have you have you not met? I uh, met her, I think it was just before the run, in fact. We, yes. we, okay. we met in Johannesburg before the run. Okay. So now, so Brenda's in the studio, um, Dr. Shevard. So she's busy sharing, I, I heard, um you know, while while we were taking a break, that actually um, there was a connection with your families because she knew your son. Um, she had ex- expand uh, on that. Yeah, my son, yes. the one living in um, Jerusalem, was very involved with the community as a student um, activist. Yeah, at this when so that's probably where she met him. Mm, tell us, Bryn. So, um, so Josh was one of my um, student activists that I trained when I trained soldiers, and I trained uh, student activists to um, for campus. And uh, Josh also got involved when he was director of soldiers, helping me in a school that I started for kids during um, the civil uh, civil service strike. I started a school for kids in Norwood, and Josh organized that. Uh, the soldiers people came and helped me with the teaching. So it was an amazing thing to see this this connection when I saw the photo mm. of uh, after the run. Mm. And that's how it is. We all connected. And, this, yeah. and that's what the DL link continues to do. Dr. Shepard, thank you very much. As I said, for taking this time out and having a word with us. Are you are you running this year? Was I am running. Fabulous. Yes. And uh, Josh as well will be running with oh, me. Oh, fabulous. There will be. Privileged to be able to run with your children. I can only imagine. Dr. Shivitz, thank you for the incredible work that you do and for continuing with these runs and running in the name of Cancer Warriors. It's been lovely chatting. Take care. Well, thank you. And thank you. Uh, good luck to all the other runners who will be joining us. Thank you so Thanks, much. Dr. Shivitz. Dr. Ivan Shevitz, cardiothoracic surgeon, running with his son Josh, who you know last year in your name, and so he's running again this year. And that's what this is. It's, as I said, all these passing of hope and connection, and you can be a part of the connection. O double one four eight five three two six nine. Call the DR link or go onto the website. Bryn, thank you so much. It has been so lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much, Nikki. Here's to a great race. Please, God. Will you tell us? Your feedback. Here we go. And we're going to take a quick break and we have a fabulous warrior who's going to be joining us. We're going to be focusing on colon cancer. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. And may I just say that many a time during the show, Off the Strip has very, very generously donated coffees and chillers, and they're always delicious, always delicious. So it's 25 minutes past 12 o'clock. We're going to be talking about a cancer which... After researching, I came to to find. I came to the information that it's it's the fourth, um, it's the fourth cancer that I don't even know how to put it in the right words. The fourth, Warren, help me with this one. <laughs> the fourth, the fourth most prevalent 
cancer out of breast cancer, lung cancer. Absolutely. And we very, very seldom talk about colon cancer. Thanks, Warren. I was literally at a loss of words. (laughs) No problem. Loss for words. Welcome. Thank you. Lovely to have you on the show. Thanks for having Um, me. Warren Smith, you are really our warrior for today. And also, you and I are connected. We spoke about all these little connections. (laughs) And I walked in and I said, and you said to me, hang on. Are you related to Mark? And Mark's my brother. And you studied with Mark. So we are connected. We are connected. We're all connected. We're all connected. We're all connected. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to the show. What a story you have. Yeah, my story is like many cancer warriors. um, It's it's a long journey. It's a hard journey. And um, mine started in the end, uh, I think it was January 2016. Mm -hmm. It's funny how Brenda was saying, we we remember the day. We remember the day. You remember that day you get told the test result or whatever. When your life changes. It does. It does change your life. Um, I... I had stomach complaints for a couple of months leading up to that. I wasn't feeling well. I was losing weight. I went to see my GP, um, and um, we did, we thought it was gastro maybe, and um, we did some tests. I had some antibiotics, and uh, it just wasn't going away. And like uh, how long? Over what? What kind about of period of time? About two months. Okay. I was on two courses of antibiotics. Uh, my GP's Dr. Jeff Merkin, and uh, he wasn't happy. There was just something, something was bugging him about it. Um, to his credit, um, I have to say it was if it wasn't for his persistence, because I was just, ah, oh, it's nothing, you know, it's the end of the year and I'm stressed and it, it'll go away. Mm. Um, Jeff actually sent me for an X-ray and an ultrasound. Um, originally, they thought it might have been a, a compacted stool or something. I had a, a, a lump in my lower abdomen. Could you feel that lump? I could actually feel the lump. Um, Jeff actually was teasing me. He was saying, I'm glad you've lost so much weight. We can actually feel, feel it. Feel the now. lump. How, did, how, does it, how does that lump feel? It almost, how did it feel? It felt like a, a hard mass. like A, a almost, hard mass, Like eh? a little, like a ping pong ball. Okay. Um, it was quite deep, but mm-hmm. um, it was... Um, yeah, on, on Jeff's insistence of the ultrasound and the um, the X-rays, uh, that confirmed that it wasn't uh, a stool <laughs> that mm-hmm. was compacted, mm-hmm. and um, I was sent straight to see a surgeon the next day. And on yeah, I had surgery on the 29th of January. I think it was 2016. Sure. And uh, we waited a few days for the for the results, uh, the pathology results, and the biopsy. Revealed that it was um, it was cancer. Now I have to reveal a little bit more because the, your story is larger than just this <laughs> this story. Because you had you and your son had you, you lost he had lost his mother. Yeah. You had lost your wife yeah. eight years prior to this. Yeah. My wife um, was a diabetic. Uh, she was an insulin dependent diabetic mm-hmm. um, from the age of four. Sure. So um, she looked. She lived a perfectly healthy life. You know, she had her wild teens and everything. But right. we, we settled down and had a family. Right. I remember she always said that the healthiest she ever was was the nine months when she was pregnant. Hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, she always had health issues. And as um, as any doctor can attest to, diabetes is it's a slow. You know, it's a chronic disease that you live with for your life, mm-hmm. um, but it does affect your circulation and, you know, your kidneys, and there, there are risks involved. And unfortunately, she, uh, she had a long, a long illness for the last two years of her life, uh, and she passed away when, when Luke was nine, Luke's mm-hmm. my son. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's been me and him. And single dad. Single dad, but with, 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 a, with a mother who... Um, she just is the most amazing woman who supports me through everything. Your mom. Have. My mom has really, has really oh. been amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'd be without my mom. I, I, I think she's sitting now in her car listening. listening. <laughs> she's oh. probably pulled over on the oh. side of the road. Well, then I'm so glad you're but, mentioning that. Yeah, I know. She support is, is everything. She's my rock. And sure. um, look, DL Link is, is another rock. rock yeah. um, the work they do is... It's hard to describe, you know, mm. just when, when you finish chemo and you're coming home and you're lying in bed and you get an SMS to say, I'm bringing you a challah, you know, it's just, yeah. it's little things like that, mm. that, um, but keep you connected Yeah, yeah. because, um, cancer is a, a very lonely place. It's, it's, it's a journey that you fight on your own mm. mentally mm. and, and physically, but, mm. um, just to, to, to just get an SMS from, from Gabby Jacobs, who's my angel. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? Do you need anything? You know, it's, it's, I'm it here. Mean, I'm thinking of yeah, you. Yeah, it just means that 
people are around. Yeah. You know, you don't feel so alone. isolated. Yeah. And, and cancer sure. is, it's very isolating because you're alone with your thoughts and you're alone with your, your physical state, which at times is, um, it, it's really rough. I mean, uh, it's, it's, a, it's the hardest physical pain and uh, I don't know, pain. It's, it's just, it's really so hard. So taxing on every level. It does. It, con- it, it almost consumes you. Mm. And um, to have the support of family and friends and, and DL Link, is, it's invaluable in, in this journey, you know. And I, I, can, well, I can't even imagine what's going through your mind when you've been diagnosed <laughs> with cancer. You've lost your wife eight years before and you've got your son, Luke, and you're yeah. thinking... I have to be okay for my son you, and to tell him as well without yeah. this young man mm. all of a sudden panicking and thinking, my yeah. dad, you yeah. know, how, how did you handle the, I, I, I mean, I'm hearing the physical, you mm. know, and you're doing that and, and you're talking about the deal link holding you and yeah. connecting and your mom being such a wonderful rock. Yeah. How did you deal with all of those emotions? It's, it's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard to, still, to keep it yeah. together because, yeah. um, you know, the, my diagnosis, fortunately, I caught it quite early. Um, and at the time, uh, the tumor was contained within the colon. So they removed my, half my colon. I had a, what's called a right hemicolectomy. Right. So if you think of your colon as goalposts, I've got like half a goalpost. <laughs> and they just reconnect your… Sure. Um, so physically… That is amazing. I mean, no, the, wow. No, uh, Dr., Dr. Wolowitz was my my surgeon and you know he did a great job um look and then i went through the whole chemo uh, i went through six months of chemo mm-hmm. and i had a once i finished the chemo i had more bloods and i had a colonoscopy and everything looked good um my blood markers were way down and unfortunately the cancer had spread um it spread to my peritoneum which is sort of the lining which keeps your whole gut in mm-hmm. um and how were you feeling how did you know I just knew something wasn't right. Did you? I, I, I finished my chemo, I had the colonoscopy, and I thought I'd be feeling better. There was just something nagging that it just wasn't right. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, started to, I started to almost have the same symptoms where um, I'd have an upset stomach and I had no appetite and I wasn't oh, gaining weight. You must weight. have just had panic. Yeah, yeah, and at the back of my mind, it's always, is it the cancer again? Yeah. So I was having, I was always having regular checks with uh, my oncologist, uh, Doctor Biswoda, and um, he also wasn't happy. And um, he sent me for tests uh, and again uh, ultrasounds and CT scans and everything, and they, they'd found that the cancer had actually spread. So um, I was faced with another another round of chemo. Another when six was months. this, Warren? This was in um, 2017. Mm-hmm. That was uh, probably about, see, I remember the date, the 21st of June. See, I had another surgery. Right. Dr. Wallowitz did another surgery. Um, what was this? What was this, this was to find, they, I, I'd had a, a CT scan before, and they found evidence at a contrast CT, so they could see what looked like tumors, mm-hmm. which were no longer contained within the colon. So it had actually spread inside my abdomen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had actually spread to the scar tissue from my from my first surgery. Sure. So it was about a year and a half later, and it had started f- growing underneath there. Um, Dr. Wolovitz removed what he could, but um, the peritoneum is like a lining, mm. um, and it moves, and you can't really start cutting it open and, you know, stitching it back together. So the next course of treatment was uh, another intense chemo sure. um it was it was a lot a lot harder than the chemo before was it for another six months look i the, it's hard to explain to someone what what going to chemo is like um i tried to explain it to my son it's mm-hmm. like you're in a burning building mm-hmm. and your body's telling you get out and you're getting in your car to drive to, chemo to the to the burning and, bu- and you're about to drive into the burning oh, building it's wow. it's it's almost your body's alarms going off saying what you're about to go through for the next two days is it, not good for you. But mm. that's where that's where the mental strength comes in. You, your body's fighting it. Your body's the side effects from chemo are, are quite horrific, um, and you can, can you can overcome that with with the mental attitude, knowing that this isn't poison. What I'm putting in my body, whereas my body, your body's telling you it is. When you start vomiting, I mean, the body's natural response to anything you ingest is to throw it up. Right. It's not good for you. Right. So all the chemo type 
the symptoms are your body trying to get rid of this, what your body sees as a toxin. Mm. Um, but it's good for you. So it's quite a mental battle to sure. to make that switch where I'm going to chemo because this is going to cure me. And every drip you see going into your arm, it's almost like, okay, this is medicine that's killing the tumor. And, mm. and being an artist, I'm a very visual person. Mm. And I, I sit I sit there, I mean, you know, some days it was six to eight hours um, sitting in a lazy boy with, with this stuff going into your arm. And the only way to get through that is to just, Visualize every drop that's going in is some little warrior. Fixing and, and fighting. Some little knight on horseback yeah, and is attacking yeah, the tumor. Yeah. And mm. um, a lot of any disease is mental. And having mental strength is um, is important because in the beginning you're faced with, okay, you're having six months of treatment. You're going to have 12 of these and six of those and five of this and whatever. Um and every time you finish, you, you've got to just tick that one off and, and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm ready for the next. Um, like what Dr. Shevitz was saying. Yeah. It is. And it's, it's fighting cancers. It's little battles. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's a battle from one day to the next. Uh, waking up and putting your pants on one leg at a time and, and getting up and, and being ready for the day. It's, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's, it's not easy. Sure. But um, you do. You pick your battles and you, and you fight them as best you can. Hmm. Sure, Warren. Um, I have um, I have Dr. Garth Davids, who's a clinical and radiation oncologist, and he talks about um, colorectal cancer. He says ignoring a gut feeling. I mean, you were yeah. talking about having this gut feeling. Yeah. Um, so, Dr. Davids, thank you very much for joining us. Um, welcome onto the show. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for having me. So we're talking about we're talking about colon cancer. You know, so often we focus here on this show on breast cancer and we focus on prostate cancer. We've we haven't really looked at colon cancer, but it is it is so prevalent. Um, and and you talk about this gut feeling, and we talk about early detection. Um, you know, Warren's just described how he had lost so much weight, and then he could actually feel this lump. How how could you possibly know that that you have colon cancer yeah, it's, it's, it's it's very variable i think is is the thing to say and um in terms of, of symptoms um some patients do present with unexplained weight loss mm-hmm. and that may be the only hint and um, more common though in in colon and rectal cancers um one would usually um see changing bowel habits so that is a very commonly reported symptom. Okay. Um, occasionally blood in stools. Um, but, but sometimes it, it is just a sense of I'm not feeling as well as what I usually am or increasing fatigue or unexplained weight loss. So the symptoms can range from being fairly obvious to being quite quite subtle. And I think you know, we, we always do have to listen to, to what our bodies are are telling us and, mm. and, and seek medical attention if there's, if there's any cause for concern. Mm. At what point should you start to go for colonoscopies and, and, and those kind of um, scans and, and investigations? And, yeah, sure. those investigations. Yeah, yeah so there are quite specific guidelines for, for the average risk person, and an and average risk would be if you, if you do not have family history. Of, of a colon cancer, or you do not have any knowledge of having any inherited conditions, um, and also people who have history of any inflammatory bowel disease. So that would be ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have any of those risk factors, then the rule of thumb is to look at screening from age 50. Um, and the gold standard would be colonoscopy. Um, and typically then one would say if you have a clear colonoscopy, your next colonoscopy would only be 10 years later. Oh, so it would okay. be once every 10 years. Oh, wow. Really? Um, uh, colonoscopies, are, are, people are not usually keen to consider colonoscopies, so there are other options. Mm-hmm. Um, so nowadays one can also have what we call CT colonography, which is essentially doing a CT scan to have a look at the bowel. Um, but bear in mind, if an abnormality is picked up on a CT scan, you then do need to proceed to colonoscopy. Okay. And and if you opt for that as your screening test, you need to go every five years. 
And then there's also the option of, of checking for blood in stool specimens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and nowadays there are fancy tools, essentially, to, to, to look a bit deeper into whether the stool contains any bacteria. It's a specimen that needs to be sent off to the laboratory. Um, and, and they do testing to see whether there's any hint of, of any blood in the stool. Um, and that would need to be done annually. But similarly, if if any abnormality is picked up, you do then need to have a colonoscopy. Mm. So for the average risk person, essentially there there are those options. Um, and strongly recommend that from age fifty that that people are routinely screened. If if you do have a risk factor, however, so going back to my discussion in terms of you know, if you have a family history or inflammatory bowel disease, mm-hmm. um, typically one would start screening earlier. Um, and if you have a relative, particularly a first-degree relative diagnosed before the age of 60, then we would usually say start screening 10 years before the diagnosis was made in your relative mm-hmm. or from age 40, whichever comes first. Okay. Um, Dr. David, let me just ask you, the, the colonoscopy, which you say, I mean, you would have it in one, one in every 10 years, you, you could have a colonoscopy. But that, but that just, I mean, I'm, I'm ignorant when it comes to that, but I mean, that's, it doesn't take that long for uh, a cancerous tumor to grow in the colon. Why, why would you wait so long? Yeah, so, so that, is a, that, that is a general recommendation, and it's, it's based on the premise that when you look at the evolution of the colon cancer, yes. it does actually, the time from it becoming an abnormal cell to evolving into a polyp and that polyp becoming a cancer, the time frame is usually fairly significant. And so really? the interval between, between colonoscopy, and that's once again just to qualify this for the average risk population. Yes, yes. So that's if you have no risk factors. Yes. If you have a risk factor, the interval is usually five years. Okay. Um, so one has to draw that distinction. Um, mm. So it's five-year intervals if you are high risk, but 10 years if you are average risk person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said a lot of people are adverse to having the colonoscopy. Um, is that Are there any risks involved with this kind of screening, the colonoscopy? Yeah, sure. Colonoscopy... They do come with risks, um, although rarely do we see um, perforation of the bowel, as an example. So I mentioned that as a as a risk, but you know, in experience, hands that risk is is very minimal. Um, so I, I I wouldn't rank it as a as a reason not to have the colonoscopy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people, just in terms of the discomfort of the procedure and the bowel prep that is required prior to having the colonoscopy, it, it off-putting, um, but given the, the interval, you know, the, the time for the average person being essentially once every 10 years, it, it's a procedure which, which we would highly recommend. Mm. Well, I think it's so important that we, we had you on the show and that we talk about this because, you know, we talk about mammograms and all of a sudden all kinds of screening, um, and I'm not sure that we focus a lot on having the colonoscopy and certainly looking at, you know, what risk factor we are in terms of family history or inflammatory diseases. Um, you've said that um, with with early detection um, and if it's diagnosed and treated early, that colorectal cancer is treatable and in many cases curable. Absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you, Doctor. And, and, yes? and, you know, I think certainly early stage disease carries a, a, a high probability and a high chance of, of being cured. Mm. And, and hence the, the importance of, of early detection and, and screening. Mm. Fantastic. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. That was Dr. Garth Davids, clinical and radiation oncologist, um, and just really highlighting colon cancer today. Um, we have our warrior who's in the studio, Warren Smith, um, and he is, as we speak, he is... Um, Fighting the, the the battle, as you've said, I, I love the little picture that you that you painted with when you go for chemotherapy. You yeah. imagine, mm. you know, the the chemo going in, and the, there's the battles yeah. happening, and they you're yeah, being fixed. I, I must say that um, the prep for the colonoscopy is way worse than the actual colonoscopy. The really, col- the colonoscopy. 
the actual procedure, they well, it's, it's you asleep. General anesthetic. Thank you God, may, you know nothing. You don't, you don't, you don't remember a thing. But the prep is twenty-four hours of. It's basically a bowel cleanse where there's you you empty your bowels completely. And is that bad? Is that horrible? Well, is it like having diarrhea? It's it's pretty much forced it? diarrhea, is basically. It? Oh, okay. Um, let's take a let's take a break, Warren. We'll get everyone <laughs> sure. to digest that for a moment. We'll we'll be right back. Stay with us. Michelos. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Welcome back to the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. This is where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. We're talking, we're really shining the spotlight today on colon cancer. Um, I, I had a problem with you, Warren, a little bit earlier, just wording it, but colorectal cancer is the fourth most common cause of death from cancer across all cancer types in men and women worldwide. Looking at, you know, it's so it is quite prevalent. And and we've just heard from from Dr. David that that with regular screening and really being aware of the kind of symptoms Mm. and if you treat early, yeah, I think early detection is the key. I mean, I'm, I am atypical, so I have now found out that… Um, what does that mean, Well, atypical? I'm not… Uh, in my age, when I was first, I was 46. Um, so already the 50-year yeah. sort of mark where they… But that's for a, a low risk or what they call an average… So in your family, was there history of there, any of this in your family? No, there wasn't. Of So that's why I say I'm, I'm, I'm a bit atypical. Yes. This, this, it, was, it was out of the blue, you know. You, you think, oh… You know, lung cancer or this cancer, or, um, but it was. I'm just an atypical young, case. Young, so you were young. Yeah. There, you know, no, no family, family histories history. of uh, this kind of cancer yeah. or, or no kind of inflammatory disease well, some, from before. Some, some of Crohn's, but not of not of cancer. Not not okay. at the age. But of, he did mention. He actually did yeah. mention Crohn's. So he said yeah. any inflammatory, and this is very important because Crohn's mm. is prevalent in the yeah. Jewish community. Yeah. So you know, if you if there is a history of that, mm. then perhaps you should be looking yeah. at earlier screenings. Look, I, early detection is the key, and it's <clears throat> again I go back to. I know my body inside out. Right. I know the littlest pain or littlest twinge, or because I've had to become so aware of my body, mm-hmm. um, what its limits are, what what works for me, what doesn't. Also, my whole diet has changed. I've had to because I've only got half a colon, colon now. Right. I um, I have to eat um, smaller meals more regularly at regular intervals. So I eat five times a day, but it might just be a muffin and a yogurt. What can't you eat? I can pretty much eat anything. Okay. I mean, I've got a fully functioning bowel with a small colon, okay. which which basically means I need to go to the toilet more often than most people. Okay. Because um, this is the thing about talking about colon cancer or bowel cancer or yes. rectal cancer. It's yes. all about the bum. <laughs> and people don't like… <laughs> Let's go there. We people can go don't there. like talking about their poo. There. Let's okay. go there. So basically, <laughs> That's out. That's my, my poo storage <laughs> area is half its size. So basically, I just need to… to go more. Yeah, I, I feel the urge, oh, I need to go to the toilet. Right. Um, it's, it's, I'm fortunate that um, the tumor was right at the end, just before the rectum. Um, and they could uh, they could remove half, and the rest the other half was perfectly healthy. A lot of people get um, a tumor in the middle or towards the end, where they have to remove the whole colon, and then sure. I mean that's um, that's a full colectomy, which is basically you'd have to wear a bag for life afterwards because you don't have a colon, mm-hmm. you don't have a storage area for your waste. Mm-hmm. So. I, I was lucky in that I still have a perfectly good little colon. Mm. Um, but yeah, the um, my diet has changed slightly. Um, I try to not, for some reason, I, my body doesn't like dairy very much anymore. Um, so I am. I'm aware of my bowel. I'm aware of my urine and and things like that. And that just comes with just being alert, your body. And is that a good thing for you? I think it's that you're so connected now to your body. I think it's a, a great thing because don't you think we should all be that way? And it, I'm not. I'm not talking about no, hypochondria. I'm talking about no, no. connecting. I think a lot of people, this, yeah. a lot of people know when they wake up and they, if, if, and they, st- they got a runny tummy and they think, did I have some dodgy sushi or did I have too much pizza? Uh-huh. And if you didn't, that that's a sign. Your body's telling you something. Listen, mm. there's nothing. There's something not right here. Mm-hmm. And with our lives being stressful, running, taking kids to school, work, you know, um, we put we put our health sort of 
aside. Yeah, we're, we're just very, we're in our minds, we're yeah. in our heads, we're not really you know, in the I'm body. too busy right now to, yeah. to go to the GP or yeah. I'm too busy to, to go and have a scan or, you know, um, it'll go away. Um, if there's something, if your body's telling you something, just listen because nine times out of ten, your body's right. Mm. As uh, Dr. David said, it's the gut feeling. Yeah, go, it is. go with the gut feeling. So you're talking about diet. We actually have uh, an optimal food, a nutritional, we've got a dietitian, a green dietitian, Jessica Kotlovitz on the line. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm delighted to have her on the line because she's going to be talking about um, plant based diets. That's why I was asking you, what can you or can you not eat? So, so, you can pretty much eat anything. Yeah, I do have to be careful of what I eat, um, but that's my own body. Uh, there's certain foods that I've I've become sort of less tolerant of, mm. and that could be for any number of reasons. Yeah, well, and that, and that's because of the bowel. But let, let's ask Jessica around the whole with with going for treatment if there's certain foods that are good or bad when you're undergoing that kind of treatment. So, Jessica, welcome. Thank you so much for joining Hi. us. Thank you for having me. So not only um, do you have your master's degree in nutrition and you are a green dietitian, I love that, mm-hmm. you yourself yes. have gone through quite a transformation, a, a metamorphosis, I would I would say, having lost 15 kilograms yourself following your diet. Yes. Tell us yes, more. I have. Well, I was doing my community service um, in Joburg. Actually, I'm from Cape Town originally. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd always kind of struggled with my weight. And I started to also feel like my health was suffering. So at this time, I was 24 years old. And I had high cholesterol. And um, I had I suffered with acne. I suffered with allergies, low immune system. I was overweight, as I said. And I also suffered from IBS and chronic fatigue. So I really felt like it was time to make a change. Yeah. And I've always believed in the power of diet and nutrition to to heal people and to improve health. So I really ended up just doing a lot of research and looking at my diet. And I um, came across the concept of a plant-based diet. So I decided to to try it out and just experiment on myself and you know, from a scientific perspective, it made so much sense that a plant-based diet would be amazing for your health and amazing for weight loss. And it really was. I had such incredible results. I lost over 15 kilos. I, you know, managed to come off all my medications. I no longer had IBS. I no longer had acne or anxiety. Um, My cholesterol came down. So everything really really improved. My energy was amazing. Um, word, I haven't been sick at all in in the last three years and I used to really struggle with low immunity. So everything has really improved and it's really been such an amazing lifestyle change. Gee whiz, it sounds incredible. So what actually is a plant-based diet? So a plant-based diet is basically a diet that's focused on plant foods. So it would be focused on your fruits, your vegetables, your legumes, your whole grains, and then nuts and seeds. Um, some people do include small amounts of animal products in their diet, but I don't do that. So I eat a, you know, a completely plant-based diet. But even a predominantly plant-based diet is a huge improvement on what most people eat. So most people really eat too much meat and dairy and you know eggs and fatty foods and processed foods. And in essence, a plant-based diet is a very unprocessed diet. So you're supposed to be eating foods in their whole form. So you're not really cooking. You, is it raw or, or can you? Cook? No, it's not raw at all. So oh, okay. There is a lot of cooking. Okay. And Herbs. Yeah. And so there's lots of, you know, and lots of very um, traditional foods and re- very relatable foods to people. So it sounds when you say oh, radical well, fruits and vegetables yeah. and legumes and mm. beans, it sounds like what you eat, but um, really we still eat, you know, bread and sandwiches and pastas and rice and stews and oats and oh. all those sorts of, you know, comfort foods and soups. So it's really just a shift away from a very meat-focused diet to a more plant-focused diet. So is it almost like a vegan diet? Plant-based diet is a yeah. vegan diet. Okay, so it's a vegan diet. Yeah. So, so for example, just get, if you're waking up in the morning, what do you have for breakfast? So to give you an example, this morning I had rye toast with hummus and some tomato. 
Um, but sometimes I'll have cooked oats with banana and peanut butter. Ooh, um, sometimes t- oh. I'll have a smoothie. Yes, please. So it all tastes good. It, I mean, it sounds yeah, good. It's really an enjoyable way of living. Um, people think it sounds restrictive, but when you actually do it, there's so much you can eat and the food is really so delicious. Mm, it's opening your mind to it, really. It's, it's like a yeah. change of mindset. So, uh, Jessica, I have Warren in the studio who has had mm-hmm. a, a huge part of his colon removed um, because of his mm-hmm. colon cancer. And I was asking him, you know, have, have, did your diet have to change? And he said he really just has to eat at regular intervals. Now, a plant-based mm-hmm. diet, you're looking at a lot of fiber in the colon. Would that be a good yes. or bad thing if you have got a smaller colon? Um, can I just... It's really good. Oh. Yes. Yeah. What were you going to say, I was Warren? actually going to say, I haven't eaten red meat for about 25 years. Oh, you haven't? Are you no, a ve- you're I, a vegetarian. No, no. I, red, oh. red meat. I, oh, red I, I meat. Eat, I eat chicken and fish. Chicken um, and fish, okay. I was a, I'm not a bunny hugger or a cow hugger, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Don't be nasty to us, bunny hugger <laughs> and cow huggers, yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in my in my mid twenties, I just I went for a fillet steak and I ate it, and my body just you know it, no. it, it almost felt like it took me a week to digest. Oh, really? And slowly, I just mm-hmm. stopped eating red meat. I just every time I ate it, mm-hmm. I didn't. My body was obviously telling me, "Look, we, we're not doing so well on this stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. again, it's listening to your body. So I haven't had red meat for twenty twenty five years, but I do eat chicken oh. and fish. And also myself, I've learned that uh, fried foods don't seem to agree with me. I don't know if it's the oil or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if I'm going to have fish, I'll always have grilled fish. I'll, I'll never have fish fried in, in batter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just also being aware of your own body and what's good for it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Warren. Yeah. So, so sorry, Jessica. I mean, we've got a minute left. So, so, so what would you okay. say? What would you say to Warren? Would you focus a lot on the on the on the greens in terms of fiber in the colon? Yeah, I think Warren's spot on with his feelings. I mean, fatty foods and fried foods and meat ready to digest slowly. So they're going to sit in your colon for longer, and when they sit in your colon, they start to ferment and they start to produce toxic waste products, which. Mm-hmm would not feel good to anyone, but specifically to someone who, you know, doesn't have as much space in their colon mm-hmm. um, or as much length to their colon. So I think Warren's case is really um, a specific medical medical scenario where he does need to eat quite a special diet or he needs to eat more often because, you know, his colon is shorter, so things pass through quite a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So he would need to eat more regularly in order to maintain his weight. And um, obviously, fiber is always great for colonic health because fiber is like, it's basically like a scouring brush in our colon. So it scrubs things clean. And for for colon cancer and risk of colon cancer, we don't want toxic waste products building up in our colon. Right. So we want to be eating lots of fiber so that we can really almost scrub it clean if you want to see it. You know, mm. think of it in that way. But for someone who has existing colon cancer, I think the, the advice would be slightly different because, you know, in Warren's case, he would need to be cautious as to how his colon responds to yeah. a, a very high-fiber diet. Yeah, I hear you. Jessica, thank you yeah. for that. I'm sorry I'm having to cut you short, but I am Thanks going to direct that. people to your website, which is thegreendietitian.co.za. I think plant-based yes. diet sounds amazing. Warren, thank you, Jessica. Thanks for joining us. It's been Thanks lovely so having much. you on the show. And Warren, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. joining thank us. You. We with you, thank you very much, on this sir. journey, and we wish you good health and vitality and everything that goes with it. Please, God, you'll just come through this other side with fantastic health. Thank you. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I hope that you learned a lot about colon cancer and the screenings. From Niki Seberini, until next week, take care.